All right, 1037. And uh, I think Taylor's ready. And uh, no one paid for it, so uh, they get what they get. It's true. What's in this? <laughs> what did you eat this morning? Oh my All gosh. Right. <clears throat> All right, let's do it and see what happens. Our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of his spirit do better so together we can be a little better. Well, welcome to A Little Better and we are marching along through the subtle sins of society. We're halfway point, week four out of seven uh, for the subtle sins. Drew, great to have you back in the saddle. And um, we tackled the subtle sin of control. And uh, for our uh, listeners, how about your sermon in 60? Yeah, we were in James 4, and we we talked about this ever-present subtle sin of control and how oftentimes control becomes sinful when we trust in our actions, our wisdom over God's. And so James kind of talks about the person who plans, but really reminds us of three wrong assumptions we have about control, right? We're guaranteed more time that what we have, we achieved, and that somehow we can manipulate God to bless us. Mm -hmm. And James really calls us to a different way. He's like, hey, if you want to give up control, you got to know the Lord's will. So you, you got to know God to know his will and you boast in what he's given you. And then ultimately you submit to the will you submit mm-hmm. to his will and his way. And we kind of ended with, you know, Proverbs three, five through six, right? Trust in the Lord and he directs your path. Right. Yeah. Well, listen, before we dive into the content, um, I just had a curiosity. We plan these series, uh, way ahead and, uh, you preach most of them uh, in the course of a year, but when you're divvying them up, giving them away, who decides who gets what? Who, uh, is it all up to you? Is it a group decision? Uh, I would say a lot of it is up to my like my schedule, my planning. Usually summer is a time where I give um, mm-hmm. like a sermon series away to to shape some of our, our teachers, give campus pastors an opportunity. Throughout the year, it's kind of just what the schedule dictates it, right? Mm -hmm. So some of it is like, hey, Ash, when are we planning on taking Mm -hmm. time off? And like, those are obviously open weeks. And then I've been trying something this year that's a little different. Um, I read, uh, it wasn't an article, or maybe it was a podcast where a a pastor said, um, hey, if you only take one week off, it doesn't feel like a break because by the time you get there. So I've been trying to do like four and two, four and two. Now it doesn't always perfectly work that way. So I've been, I got every year's different. So Mm -hmm. it all kind of just. Yeah. You talked about schedule. That makes a whole lot of sense. Is it ever content? Is there a say it's like, Hey, I got to preach that. Or someone else says, Hey, I really want that. I mean, there are times like, Easter, I'm always going to preach. Mm-hmm. Christmas Eve, I'm always going to preach. Um, content, yeah, like vision series would be like one that I, I try to like be mm-hmm. kind of the main focal point sure. of that because I'm part of my job is to cast vision for our church. Um, but I honestly, I trust our teaching team, so I don't feel mm-hmm. like any content they couldn't handle. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are times where someone will say, hey, we think you should teach this. But mm-hmm. overall, we have a great team of communicators. So yeah. Yeah, it, I, I am so appreciative of, again, always so many moving parts, so many contributors yeah. you know, in the organization. I mean, Drew, your, your talents are clear, but um, there is a, um, yeah, the bench is deep. Right. And 
that's 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 part of your commitment and your value. You know, it's just like I'm not just going to do it myself, but I'm going to influence others, yeah. right? I'm going to coach others, and 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 as well as be teachable. I've always appreciated that about you because I know in the process you get a lot of feedback. Not all of it's good. You know, yeah. some some of it you, some of you don't, but it all makes us better. Yeah, you know, when we work together. So uh, as far as the content goes, uh, what did you leave on the table? That's a question I often ask. Did you, was 30, sec- 30 minutes <laughs> uh, too short? Yeah, I mean, I would love, you know, anytime you bring up God's will, even in, in pre-preach, we talked about this, right? Mm-hmm. Like God's will for people is so hard. And I know we're going to kind of get into this a little bit more in the mm-hmm. podcast, but I would love to to go back and like dig deeper into like, Hey, here's how you can understand and know God's will. And here's a bunch of things. We actually did a series on this. One of the series that I, weirdly enough, I remember most, we did a series, I forget the name of it, Hmm. but we had a bunch of props and it was on God's will. Do you remember like the Slinko board we had where we dropped it? Yes, I do remember that. You know? And so, um, I would refer people back. I think that was 2019, 2020. We'll We'll put it in the additional resources. There'll be a link back to that. I thought it was a really good series. So, Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Very cool. Um, so let's go a little out of order then. I know I mentioned some questions here because you mentioned the will. So I know we talk about the will of God. And you said at one point in your message, listen, you that's not the problem. You already know the will of God. But I think when people hear will of God, there are different things they think, oh, yeah. right? I mean, for me, I think I'm trying to think... Um, God's will is that I live my life in accord with kingdom values, mm-hmm. right? So it means I'm going to I'm going to be generous when it hurts, and that's good to be stretched. I'm going to sacrifice myself in my relationship with my spouse. I'm going to be honest at work. You know, there, there could be all these things where it's just, hey, it's clear yeah. what the right thing is. It's just hard to do. Yep. But there's other times when people, you say the will of God, they're like, uh, what spouse should I marry? Yeah. Uh, what school should I go to? What job should I pick? What house should I buy? So I think that's a whole whole different category. I'm not sure. We didn't really address it in the sermon, but what do you do? How do you respond when people, I'm sure people come to you asking for guidance and questions like that. Yeah. I think the big thing I I try to teach people about God's will is there is a lot of freedom in God's will. So I I heard a series once called God's will is whatever. And that kind of sounds like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. But really essentially we know God's will and God's way through his word, right? If we read God's word and we know God's word, he makes a lot of things clear about, you know, his way, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. For the, for example, spouse, right? If you're a believer, you know, God's will is to, for you to not be unequally yoked, right? So you don't mm-hmm. marry a non-believer. There's part of his will for your life. Right. Now, specific person, I believe God gives you the freedom to choose that within the boundaries of his will or his parameters that he said in his word. And mm-hmm. so he gives you the freedom to say, Hey, this is the person they check all the boxes that God has put there for me. And I think this is the one I'm, I'm not convinced that there's only one person in the world that you can marry. And you, if, if you don't find that person, you miss God's will or like a better example maybe is like buying a house, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to look at 30 houses maybe before you buy a house. How do I know this is God's will for my life. Mm-hmm. Well, I think if you're living within your means, like there are some things that God has to say about that, right? Like there's boxes you should live in financially from God's perspective. But I don't think God necessarily cares which house you pick mm-hmm. or what color the walls are that he gives you the freedom to choose that. And so I think there's a lot of freedom within the boundaries of God's will. Now, I think there are caveats. Mm-hmm. I think there are times where God speaks 
to your heart through the Holy Spirit on a specific path. And you, mm-hmm. you need to listen to that. We see that all throughout the scriptures. I think that's what makes it hard for people and blurry. Like we read the stories, God speaks audibly, hey, go do this. Mm-hmm. We all want that, right? God, right. I wanna know your will, so write it in the clouds. That's not how God works. He does work that, like that, mm-hmm. but he doesn't always work like that. Yeah, it was over 40 years ago, I read a book by Gary Friesen called Decision Making and the Will of God. And I remember that was just like, it made quite a splash, mm. you know, 40 years ago, but he made kind of that point, you know, we talk about the sovereign will of God. No one can escape that. That's yep. just God's decree. It's what's going to happen. But then there's the moral will of God, right? What he teaches us in the scripture pleases him. Yeah. Almost the guardrails, right? Yeah. Of not hurting yourself, but also the positive statements to be generous and whatnot. But then people are after that dot in the middle, which is just like step-by-step, tell me, God, everything I need to do. And basically, his point is, you know, I think he has a chapter called The Missing Dot. Yeah. There is no dot, right? It's that freedom Mm -hmm. in there. Now, he goes a little hard in saying, the Holy Spirit never tells you to do anything, which I I don't agree with that. Um, I agree with the way you expressed it. And I think in this conversation of like this battle for control... I think what's beautiful inside God's will, God gives you a little bit of control over your life, mm-hmm. right? He's, you know, when we think of control, we think if God's in control, I have to be a robot, right? Mm-hmm. And so like God just directs and I follow. And if you're not watching this, I'm doing a really cool robot dance right now. Um, <laughs> not so cool. That, <laughs> that's not how God works, right? A lot of times he gives us guardrails, a fence to live in and gives mm-hmm. us freedom to have a little bit of control, say over our lives. And I think that's beautiful mm-hmm. the way God masterpieced. He is sovereign. He's in control, right? The Proverbs like, Hey, we make plans, but he directs our steps for mm-hmm. sure. But there is freedom in that for me as an individual, as you as an individual. Right. And you mentioned um, comparing it to a father and children, children wanting to know a father's will, which the scripture does all the time. I mean, we're... He is our father, and we are supposed to learn in our human relationships a bit about what it's like. But think about what what parent is it who wants to spend the rest of their you know their kids call them every morning and ask them what cereal to eat. Right? You, as a dad, you know, mother, you know, parent, what you want for your children is to enjoy freedom, to live their lives with wisdom, you know, with good values, you know, and 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 to almost be a little surprised, you know, you know where they go as long as it's pleasing to God. Now, I think God's a little more informed than we are about where our kids' paths lie. But I do agree. God wants us. There's a freedom in Christ that God wants us to enjoy. You know, we'll know the truth. Truth shall make you free. Not free to do sinful things, but freedom to do good, the power to do good. So, good stuff. Okay. um, So, how do we know? I think you mentioned... Loving God or using God? Yeah, yeah. What your statement was? Um, are we? Um, do we do what we do to get from God or to be with God? I yeah. think was your big statement in there. But there is that contrast between: Are we loving Him? Are we using Him? Um, how do we know? Well, I don't know. Do we? Is it real obvious? Is it subtle? Is it? possible to love God and use God. (laughs) I just, um, how do we know? And if we say, you know what? It's true. I've only been in this for me. Mm. I mean, I'm here because I want God to owe me. I'm showing up. I'm doing all the good things, some of the good things, because I want 
prosperity. I want success or I just want peace, right? Or I just Mm. want, you know, a a trouble-free life. I think this is where you have to check your motive. And what's hard about that is your heart can deceive you. So Mm -hmm. I think there are times where you feel like you are, you're doing all the right things but you're doing them for the wrong reason. And I think mm-hmm. that's where motive comes into play. If, if you just want God for what God can give you, I think there's a missing piece there. Because mm-hmm. I believe that's way, I think at some level it starts that way. Like, right, to read my Bible starts as a duty. God told me to mm-hmm. do this, I, I gotta do it. And so, but duty, I think, should become desire, right? Mm-hmm. I long to be with my father with my savior, Mm -hmm. my redeemer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think we have to check our motives. I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying God's blessing in your life. I don't think there's anything wrong. I think a great way to check yourself is when God brings into your life, you do the right things and he doesn't give you the result that you want. I think how your heart responds in that moment is a good indication of whether God's your vending machine or he's the God you worship, right? Mm-hmm. When he doesn't, when your spiritual formula that you created doesn't work the way you think it should, how does your heart feel? I almost feel like that is, those are necessary events yeah. to go to the vending machine and not get what you want. Yep. You know, or, or it gets stuck. It gets yep. stuck in the little coils, you know what I mean? Like every once in a while, you, you put the right amount of money in and you are you don't have any more change in your pocket. And I you're love, like yeah. shaking the machine. Come on, God. Wait. I love the sticker on the side that shows <laughs> the slash through the guy. It's like, don't die. <laughs> don't start Trying rocking this chips. machine and collapse mm. under it. Yes. But I, but, so there is a question in here, which is, is it, is, is it possible to, I almost think it's a, necessary to grow spiritually we need those losses yeah we need those derailments you talked about losing your father i lost my father uh, and mother um and um karen we were even walking around the neighborhood um earlier this week and karen's we walked by a house of a co-worker of hers and she says that's one of two women I work with who died or mm-hmm. whose husbands died before they got to retirement. Wow. And then she was quiet. I know what she was thinking. It's like, Brad, don't die. Uh, but uh, and I think she thinks I do have some control over it because uh, I'm not making the healthiest choices, mm-hmm. you know, and those sorts of things. So, and, uh, uh, but anyway, I'm back to, is that what we need is that what God uses? Would it even be possible to grow if we didn't have those derailments? Yeah, I mean, I think God uses those derailments to shape us, to mold us, to mm-hmm. stretch us. Um, you know, this is a constant conversation my wife and I constantly have about control. Because mm-hmm. um, when my dad died, my, my wife and I, we both struggled a little bit with resentment towards my dad and mm. the choices that he made, yeah. right, from health, sure. right? And we asked the question, could he have prolonged his life? Right. Or did God ordain my dad to die at that age, right? Because yeah. the scriptures say, you know, God appoints a time for man yeah. to die. And we ra- we wrestled through that because there's a tension there, right? God is sovereign. We trust him. But we are responsible for our actions and God calls us to certain standards. Mm-hmm. And there's a hard... My wife and I go back and forth because my I'm usually the one who eats a little less unhealthy. And I'm like, babe, God, God determined when my dad was going to die. It doesn't matter how, what he ate. Yeah. But then I am like, he could have 
he could have eaten healthier and would that have changed things? Yeah, I think that teases out an interesting paradox there. I think throughout this series, for each of these topics, I've thought, hey, there's a good way and a bad way, Mm -hmm. right? So for comfort, right? There's a comfort that's a gift from God. That's right. To be enjoyed. And that's what he wants for us. But there's this, we cross this line to sin, you know, where we, and and perhaps what we're saying about each of these, we're making them an idol, but you know, when comfort becomes an idol or, now gossip, I was trying to think, is there a good way to use gossip? No. No, but there are ways to speak that yep. build up. That's right. Speak in a way that please God yep. and are used for good, you know, in other people's lives. And so similarly, here we are talking about control. And the the answer is not to simply abdicate control. Right. There's a couple of things, right? One is we could say, you know, who cares? I mean... It's all in God's hands, doesn't matter, I'm going to do what I want. Yes. That would be the wrong response. Yes. It would also be wrong to be in despair, mm-hmm. right? Which often happens in the yes. wake of these life-changing events, these surprises. The temptation is there to despair, to say, you know, nothing matters or no one's in right. control, yeah. which it's not true. God is still in control, but that challenges our faith. So the healthy response, the healthy, what's the healthy attitude towards control? It's trust God, but do my part. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I have to take some ownership of my life, right? I can't, you know, you can't say, well, why do I even pray if God's in control, right? If he knows what's going to happen, what, what's my, well, I pray because God told me to, and I trust him and I trust his word. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the way I think the healthy balance is God, whatever you say, if it's the Lord, James says it, if it's the Lord's will, that's what I want. That's yes. what I want. Go ahead and make the and plans. I'm going to plan right. towards that. And mm-hmm. if he changes and he steers it, okay, we'll, we'll adjust. And so as humans, we have to take responsibility for the actions we choose. But overarching those actions are a deep-seated trust in whatever God brings. Right, right. I love that circling all the way back to James because that is exactly what James is laying out. Go ahead and make your plans. Making plans is a good thing. Yep. But don't assume you're in control. Don't assume that's the way it's going to work. But uh, all right, so Karen's happy to hear that, so I will try to eat healthier. (laughs) Um, So just curious for you, um, and I, I, I wonder, you preach so often, right? There's so many messages in a year. So I imagine there's um, times when you preach and you're really, um, you're, you're sharing something, but it's not a significant change in your own life. You know, it's just like, you know, you're catching people up to stuff you learned a whole long time ago, or you approach a topic and in the journey of preparation, there's a change. Mm-hmm. Any was the, so the answer might be no, but as you approach this topic, did, was there any journey in your own heart in terms of how you were reflecting on or thinking about uh, control? Yeah, I mean, I would think probably the spiritual formula would be an area where I was just like, oof, do mm. I do that? Yeah, you know, I, I know. Like I really am convinced in my life through my time reading God's word and studying it, I I know God's will. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really easy for me to like do the right things because they're the right things, mm-hmm. right? Because I know them. I was, tr- I grew up in them like, and almost have this pharisaical walk with God where, yeah, look at me. I do all the right things. And am I doing them because I love God and I, I want that, yes. And I think that's my heart most of the times, but I think I slip in and out of like, yeah, I'm gonna do this because I think 
I think God will bless me for it, right? And do I want God more than I want the blessing? That's a question that I've been like filtering through my head. It's like, what's more important to me? Like pleasing God or receiving from God? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are easy when you've been following God for, you know, I'm 37 years old. I got saved when I was seven. So 30 years. Mm-hmm. I've been following God for 30 years it's easy to slip into this legalistic way of following oh, God. Yeah. It really and is. I have to yeah. check my heart. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tempted by spiritual formulas. I'm also tempted by secular formulas, right? I'll just read a lot of secular books on leadership or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Oh, this solves it. Right. Yep. Oh, here's the model, you know, yep. Oh, here's this personality type. Oh, if I just, <laughs> now I can deal with people. Now I can fix things, but, but also on the spiritual side. And for me too, another thing is, you know, having young kids, like letting go of control mm-hmm. is really hard for me. Right. I, <clears throat> I want yeah. safety for my kids. We talked about this last podcast I was on. I, it's hard for me as a dad to be like, okay, God, I trust you fully with my kids. Mm-hmm. Because I know what I want for my kids and I want God to want what I want for my kids. Yeah. And so it's hard for me to not do everything I can to keep them from danger and protect them from things that maybe God wants them to walk through. And, you know, I think every parent can relate to who wants to see their kid struggle, who wants right. to see their kid go through pain, even though God might use that pain to shape who they are. That's hard for me. Yeah, I hate to break it to you, that doesn't get better. <laughs> Your kids are in a much different place in life than mine are, and we still have those same same struggles. We just want, and God wants something so much more wonderful for yes. us, right? He always wants something wonderful for us. It's hard for him to see us struggle as well, especially when we are trying to seize control, trying to do it ourselves. And I think that's the point. That, that I, I believe that is one of the most significant things you can do to let go of control is if you truly know God mm-hmm. and what he wants for you and the mm-hmm. path he has for you, when you truly grasp that, you won't, you won't have problems letting go of control. Like God yeah. wants what's best for you, right? Mm-hmm. Every plan he has for you is the best thing for you. And what happens is we gain control back when we lose sight of that. Yeah, yeah. We're tempted. We've been talking about this. We're tempted to use God to, you know, as a means to our ends. Yep. But what a blessing it is to reverse it mm-hmm. when we let ourselves be the means, you know, to God achieving his ends. Yeah. That's the way it's meant to be. And it sounds like, isn't that crass? No, God, <laughs> the end God wants is for us yes. to enjoy him forever. Yep. So, well, listen, great talk really and you had me all the way through it just because these are things I think about too Mm. so I just think young old you know this is this is always going to be a battle but in the end he is lord we're not and that's a good thing Mm. so all right well listen hey thanks so much for sharing thanks so much for being here please join us again next week for week five of the subtle sins of society